You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, in for Stephen Henderson today. The city of East Point has elected its first African-American mayor. Monique Owens is no stranger to community leadership, having served on East Point City Council before this new role. The, The historic mayoral vote came just two years after Owens was voted in as the city's first black council member. Monique Owens joins us now to talk about her plans in East Point and how she's feeling on the heels of the election. Monique Owens, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, and congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, I wanted to start, uh, for for one thing, how does it feel to be the city's new mayor, uh, and uh, when will you be sworn in? Actually, it feels awesome to be able to empower people, and I got sworn in um, last Monday. This is so interesting <laughs> to me, the, the, the cities that swear in new mayors just uh, less than a week after the election. It seems like such a whirlwind. It must be, it must be such a whirlwind to, you know, uh, be running one day and then be assuming the seat just, uh, you know, a few days later. Right. It can be overwhelming. So that's probably one of the things on my agenda to change in the charter. Mm, so mm-hmm. I want to give people a, a break after because I had a really tough campaign, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making a difference and changing people's mindset and things like that can be really challenging. So after, you know, you win something, you want to get a break and, you know, uh, get ready for your new position. But at the same time, while you're running, before you even think about getting that position, your mindset should already be ready to get it. So no matter what time, whether it's in Two weeks or in January, you should be ready for what you run for. Yeah, so. um, we we talked about this last week. The city of Flint uh, has a new mayor within just a few days of also uh, winning that election. And I mean, I'm talk about cities that are that, that face real issues that uh, you know suddenly you have to assume that leadership position, and you know that's not much time for a transition. Even in, uh, you know if even if it's uh, sort of a manager based uh, um, uh, uh, city government. But uh, I'm I'm curious, what is your feeling about uh, the trailblazing aspect of this, being the first uh, black mayor of East Point and, uh, you know, what that represents and how that makes you feel personally. It makes me feel really good to be able to say I was the first African-American. But anytime you do something first, you have to go through things. Mm. Everybody does. I don't care if you're the first male, first female, first African-American, first Asian. You always have to experience something different to allow other people not to experience it. But I love it. I'm able to say I can empower people. I've had tons of calls, tons of inboxes on Facebook, tons of friend requests telling me that you inspire me, Mm. you know, and that was the whole purpose of people getting out and knowing that they vote counts. And a lot of people didn't know that it counted. You know, a lot of times in these elections, people always see the same type of people get elected and they get discouraged. In this election, I was trying to let people know that don't give up. Your vote does count. And at the end of the day, it showed in this election. And we should also mention East Point, a a city that changed its name from East Detroit to sort of separate itself from its neighbor there uh, and has uh, a racial history as well. I'm curious what your thoughts are in that context, talking about where East Point is now in in that conversation uh, and and what that means as you uh, become the the first African-American mayor. Before I even campaigned and thought about being a councilwoman and being the mayor, the the background of East Point was very racist of what I heard of and things like that and the history and the research and things like that. So I knew my cha- what my challenge was. Mm-hmm. And so my challenge was to make other people see something different in a city where everybody thought one race or one group of people was 
the only thing that was good enough for a city. And so sometimes you have to, you know, break the barrier. And that's exactly what I did. And so in order for me to do that, I had to reach out to another group of people to say your vote counts and you matter, too, in the same community. And some people in that community, they want to change as well, even though a city might have, you know, a background full of, you know, racism, things like that. Some of those people want to get out of that whole, you know, that that was normal to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people getting tired of, you know, being, you know, people want to think outside the box. And I think when they see when people see something different, it makes them see that there's hope. And let's go for it. And mm. so I think that's why they chose me. Absolutely. So I'm curious, uh, you know, what are the issues that you ran on? What are the things facing East Point right now uh, that you thought really resonated with voters? Um, and, and, and how do you plan to attack those issues? Well, one thing that I ran on was the, the renters. A lot of people complain about renters and things like that. And I want to empower people with having their own homes. And I wanted the whole purpose of me running was, yeah, a lot of people run on I want um, better, you know, streets and decreased crime. And I want renters to have their own homes, which was some of the things that I, you know, was my platform. But my main platform was getting people to get out and vote. Mm. That was the thing, because when we did that whole changing of the the election and how, you know, the ranked choice voting, which East Point was the first to administer it. You know, as we were going through that whole process and I learned the research of why they felt like that we needed to change the dynamics of how we vote is because they felt like African-Americans didn't get out and vote. And I I fought that because I feel like African-Americans do got out and vote. I just think we're somewhat uneducated on what we're voting on, you know, and why it should be important. And I tapped into what people thought wasn't. Um, a group of people that wasn't, you know, doing something. And I said, that was going to be my focal point is to get people out to vote every year, not just, you know, locally, uh, presidential. You know, I want people to know that they voice counted. So that was my main concern in running. And then after people saw that their votes count, vote counted, a lot of more people are into politics now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't get into things when you feel like you're not a part of it. So now that they feel like they vote counted, now more people are coming to council meetings. Now more people are saying, "Miss Owens, what commissions are open? Because they feel like they're a part of something. And that was the whole purpose of me running is to let people know that they count, that they are powerful. And it's shown, it was shown in this election. And let's talk a little bit about ranked choice voting. Now, this was not a system that was used for the mayoral election, correct? It was just for city council. So you're not a direct beneficiary of that that new system. But I'm curious what your thoughts are about how that worked in East Point. I mean, this is sort of a local experiment of sorts uh, for the idea of ranked choice voting. Uh, for one thing, uh, if you could maybe explain a little bit about what that is and also how you think it worked out in this past election. Well, it was based upon ranked choice voting came because the Department of Justice felt like no African-American can be elected in East Point Hmm. due to its racial background. So they came up with at first they came up with districting the city of East Point. And the way that was was very racial to me because they had a black area. And then at the top across Nine Mile, it was three areas also. And we looked at that as the white area, Mm. you know, the Caucasian area. And so I felt like that was, you know, bringing red, that was redlining right there. Because once you district those things, then you're going to have to put a certain amount of money in certain areas that might get less than certain areas. And Mm. then it's like, okay, we back to the racial thing again. And so council said, we're not going to do that. Let's try this ranked choice voting. 
you know, which gives everybody a chance to get a get elect, you know, get a vote. You know, um, so what ranked choice voting is is, for instance, you have a certain amount of people that run an election in an election, and then they also they pick their candidate from good, better, best, or worst. You know, so everybody gets a vote, and so we felt like that was somewhat fair. And so anything that's fair in bringing all type of people to the table, I agree to it. Now, does it work? You know, well, two people of Two Caucasians won. It mm-hmm. was two Caucasians that ran and two African Americans that ran. But people chose who they want to choose, and everybody got you know a vote. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole purpose of ranked choice voting. Does it work? We never know. <laughs> you know, we right. never know if it, if it works or not. You know, because voting is based upon who people want to be elected. Sure. You know. And what about the process of it? I mean, do you have a sense? I mean, it, it meant for especially reporters selfishly that the, the the results were coming in a little bit later than usual. So some uh, political reporters had to stay up a little bit later or into the next day because of right. that. But other than that, I mean, did it seem like a fairly seamless process? Do you think that it was uh, handled well by local uh, election officials and, and uh, relatively smooth uh, as, as a new uh, system of voting? I think it was around very well. We did several classes throughout the city of East Point to let people know about ranked choice voting, about if you don't have a, a, you know, if your first one don't get picked, the second one might, you know, have a chance and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And so we educated, which was something I um, brought to the Department of Justice to make sure we educate so people can know what they're doing and why they're doing it and things like that. So we educated, we did our parts, educating the community on it. The Department of Justice was out there, of course, you know, monitoring the votes. We had uh, other people were out there monitoring it as well, different groups of people to make sure people weren't intimidated at the poll. So it was a it was a huge election where people wanted to make sure everybody vote counted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so at the end of the day, when people go to the polls and they close, you know, and go between that desk and, you know, things like that, you never know who they're really going to choose. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just hope that they choose the best person for the job. Sure. And, you know, they did. Uh, you're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. I'm in for Stephen Henderson today. Uh, I'm speaking with Monique Owens, the mayor-elect of East Point, former Detroit Police Department officer and member of East Point City Council. Uh, and we are talking about this past election and a number of s- sort of uh, uh, glass-shattering elections here in Metro Detroit for mayoral contestants and what that means. And I'm curious if you want to get in- involved in the conversation to talk about do you think that more women, do you think more people of color, do you think that the people running for these kinds of offices should be coming from more uh, diverse backgrounds from, uh, you know, should more, what would it mean if more women won seats as mayor or on city council in local governments here in Metro Detroit? Is that something that you've considered? Are you someone that has thought about your gender, your race, or any other part of your identity that would bring something to the table as a local official and thought about maybe I should run or what that would mean. If, if this is uh, something you want to get in on, you can call 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. And uh, Monique Owens, I want to ask you about um, what you would say to other people considering getting into local politics. Um, obviously, this is a choice that you made to mm-hmm. uh, to add your voice and, your, and, and get that kind of power locally. Um, a lot of people might not even 
considerate, right? That right. that a lot of people think, well, I've got my life, I've got my job, I've got my family, and uh, you know, there I, I I vote, and the people make decisions for me. Uh, what would you say to people who have sort of an inkling? Maybe maybe my voice is valuable in uh, mm-hmm. local government. You said something huge. You said some people are okay with saying, "I want people to tell me what to do." Mm. That that's a problem for me when. Um, people don't even pay attention to the people who's telling them and making decisions for them. And then when something goes bad, then people are waking up, Mm. you know, just for instance, um, it's a, it's a certain, it's just certain people that control certain things like judges and things like that. And people want to complain about, well, I can't stand this judge. He's always taking people to jail and things like that, but they don't know that they have the power to elect that judge. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we sit back and let people control our lives and don't take control ourselves. And so that's what part of being an elected official is, is taking control of the things, you know, in your community and taking that power and doing it yourself. And I want people to be out there to, you know, step up and do that. Now, I have a family and things like that and a job, so it can get overwhelming at times. But then I've seen a lot of things that I want to change. And sometimes if you want change, you have to get up. You have to stop letting people control what's going on and saying, you know what, I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to do nothing about it. I'm going to sit back, go on Facebook and complain and change my my face on Facebook and my name and just go back and complain. You know right, how some right. people do? You know, the trolls. We call them trolls. The yes. trolls. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of trolls following me right now. But, you know, but that's not doing anything. You know, when people say I don't vote, it's like, OK, you pay taxes, don't you? You live, don't you? So if you're doing all those things, you are part of the process. You're just not involved in it. Mm-hmm. It's a difference. So you letting people control your money, how you live, how you eat, you know, all these things, and you have no say, that's a problem for me. And so I saw how it worked. I didn't grow up in politics. I have nobody in my family that's politics. I have no friends mm-hmm. that are politicians. But when I seen how the the process went, I seen how the laws were against certain groups of people and certain things. I said, I got to stand up and do something about it. Mm. And hopefully people who's listening out there would be more involved in their community if they see something wrong, do something about it and do not be a troll. Mm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, really quick, I want to, you know, we're talking hyper local right now, but I want to actually broaden it out to the national level. Um, the power of the, uh, the African-American vote in 2016 was something that people talked about a whole lot. And, uh, you know, who showed up, who didn't show up. I'm curious, looking forward to 2020, what do you think, uh, from your perspective, is, um, you know, what what role are uh, is the black vote going to play in this next election in your mind? Oh, it's, it's going to be huge. It showed in this election with, you know, my campaign. And like I said, I tapped into a group of people that felt, that people felt like that they don't go out and vote locally. We go out and vote for the presidential, but we don't understand that local you know, voting is just as important because that's where you live. Possibly even more important. More important. And a lot of people don't even, a lot of people didn't know what I did as a councilwoman. Some people don't know what a mayor does, the Senate, the congressman, but everybody know what the president do Mm -hmm. and doesn't know that it starts locally and goes all the way up to the United States and all the information locally goes all the way up so they can help us, you know, make the choices that we make locally and the laws and things like that. So it starts with us. But a lot of people don't know that, especially the African-American community. And so in this election, tapping into that group of people and letting them know what I do, how it matters, how your vote matters and things like that has changed the dynamics and let people know that are outside the African-American group that our vote does count. Mm. Real quick, you don't have to answer it, but just going to throw it out there. Is there a candidate that you're especially interested in so far on the national level right now? 
No. <laughs> it's waiting and seeing, right? No, I'm waiting and seeing. It's early. I'm, yeah, it's early. So <laughs> I just want to see. I want people want to say Republican, Democrat. I want to vote for somebody who's going to do the right job, mm. and that's important to me. You know, and so not only is that important to me, uh, I, what else is important to me is to let African Americans know that your vote does count. Get out and vote. Everybody votes count. But I'm just tapping into a group of people that don't think it does because they're so used to seeing the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, when the norm is always seeing, you know, the history going all the way back is always seeing uh, Caucasian males in these seats and, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's fine, too. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes in order to tap into different people's lifestyles and experiences, you have to have different people at the table. Mm -hmm. yeah. and sometimes when people see that, it makes people get out and vote more. It makes people want to be involved more. And as a, you know, as a community, as the United States, as people, as a human race, we should want everybody at the table regardless. Mm -hmm. And so I think it makes a change. It makes a difference. Monique Owens, uh, the mayor-elect of East Point, former Detroit Police Department officer and member of East Point City Council. Thank you so much for joining Thank us here on Detroit me. Today. Coming up, we're going to talk to another new mayor here in Metro Detroit who broke some boundaries. We'll talk with Livonia's new mayor. Don't go anywhere.